0: This is Airwall's personal development show, keep breath Welcome! When you are on the personal development journey, you set high standards you have never achieved in terms of all aspects of your life, equal personal, financial, relationship goals, whatever. And you share your goal sets and could to these high standards with a trusted accountability partner. Why are you doing this? You want your accountability partner to hold you accountable for your actions you want him or her to make sure you feel for what you are committed yourself to do. Your activity partner wouldn't say it lies with when you've done something, what you were supposed to do or you're going pat on the back. Because that is just the problem you made to yourself. On the other hand, when you have failed to do something you're supposed to, do, your partner wouldn't say anything about it either. Because he knows you suck, you're fucked up, You're failing yourself. You're failing your own life without falling through the action you committed yourself to fall through. You're a fucking loser. He wants you to feel about it. He wants you to know you're pushing yourself out of your own failure, which is something in your absolute control. He wants you to feel the guilt, the embarrassment about your own inaction toward your own goal sets. You're a fucking loser. He shows no mercy. That's what an accountability partner does to you when you fucked up. Julian Bhutto is that guy in my life. In our accountability really, kind of really call cool for years, we rarely celebrate wins. Because the so-called wins are just more promises we've made to ourselves. We are supposed to keep once again to ourselves. We try off the small wins and just move on to some new goal sets. Our goal sets are always something very personal and controllable, something we have absolute control over, such as habit, formation, or any action we could take. Whether we frost our teeth before bed, or have we sent an email to a successful people to solicit useful advice? Is that simple and is that difficult? Have we followed through what we are supposed to do? That's how I built up my friendship with Julian Brutto. He's the hardcore personal development coach had never given me any mercy on my own bullshit. And this is the first time we made our conversation public. Uh, then we are going to talk about accountability in context of personal development, we will also talk about Julian's exceptional adaptability in career movement. He's by all means top performer in career advancement. He had career transition from industry to industry multiple times and became to the top in few soft years every single time. From TV production, working on some of the biggest shows in the world, including Victoria's Secret Fashion Show, to working as the head of operation for the international insurance company, A+ becoming the chief digital officer at one of the most recognized blockchain companies in Asia in traffic technology. In his current role, he's the sales and marketing lead at Supernova, the go-to agency for scaling e-commerce stores. Without further ado, let's tune in the conversation with Julian Butoh. Hey, my friend, Julian Butoh. Nice to hey, meet Errol. you. Yeah, it's good to be here. Uh, you know, it's a random soul and uh uh before the podcast started i i have a i've sent you a list of um, points to talk about but we can start anywhere um maybe i maybe i'll let the audience know you know our relationship a little bit first uh you are my accountability partner you hold me accountable for over half a decade now and you are yeah. always kicking, yeah, you're always kicking my ass. <laughs> you uh, I learned from you from so many ways, one way or the other, mental capacity, whatever, especially in career. Um, maybe we tell tell the audience a little bit about your background, uh, both professionally and personally.
1: Yeah, I mean it's funny. Um thinking about I can't remember how long ago we met, but yeah, I remember we went uh we met up in, you know, it was Ramit Sethi's um, RBT mastermind group, and uh, we all went out for, um, you know, for for some wine and some food. Um, and I remember we hit it off immediately. It was like, I found like a, a long lost best friend, uh, <laughs> you know, almost immediately. So that was, um, yeah, it's been, what, 10 years, Long more than 10 years now, I think, right? Oh, uh, um, yeah. And uh, I mean, a little bit about me, <clears throat> I guess my background is pretty varied. I have... <laughs> been in industries as varied as insurance to, you know, uh, entertainment and TV production down to blockchain, uh, and now kind of operating more in the e-commerce world and dipping my toe again a little bit into the the crypto space again. Um, I think the the thing, the the kind of consistent theme that I've had throughout my career Mm. has been um, never kind of being satisfied with what was the status quo. Uh, I think, Mm. you know, even from a young age, even like in, you know, kind of 13, 14, 15 years old, I was disillusioned with the idea of the existing education system. Like, why am I studying (laughs) for all these subjects that I don't see I'm going to be using any of these things like algebra and math? Like, unless I'm becoming a mathematician, like why am I learning these things at this age that are not going to be useful to me in the real world? So it's kind of from, you know, from the get go, that's kind of been my thought process, Mm -hmm. you know, and kind of going into the working world, didn't really want to, didn't see myself working behind a desk um and mm. so i kind of you know was just looking for different opportunities and that was kind of my consistent theme throughout so started in tv production um got mm. to work on some really you know cool shows the olympics the yeah. tour secret fashion shows some really big events um but knew very quickly that wasn't the long-term trajectory for me i saw people working 16 17 18 hour days always <laughs> away from home it was fun while i was young but i knew i couldn't do that into my 30s if i wanted to have a family um, so I kind of just segued in different things, had children at a young age. So that kind of, you know, we, we can maybe talk about that a little bit, but that changed my career yeah. direction for a little while. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, now, I in, you know, I'm, I'm in sales, working in the e-commerce space. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of fun doing it. Um, you know, and I've kind of just zigged and zagged along the way. And I'm sure that's probably not where I'll finish up. I, I kind of, I like to try new things. I like to, that's the best way I know how to develop my skills. Um, so I'm sure something else will come along eventually in a. It'll take my career in a different direction.
0: Cool. Oh, you just said these days. So based on what you just said, uh, there are two things uh, we can uh, continue. Uh, first thing is the kid, and second thing is the uh, your your career path, which uh, always inspire me. Uh, uh, but the first topic about the kid, you also inspire me to. I, I, I do still remember that I have a conversation with you. We are on the call. And then I asked you something that you, you might think it is stupid and then you just give me, you just gave me a dead silence with maybe ten se- awkward 10 seconds. I asked you something like, uh I'm thinking about whether should I have a kid <laughs> and then something like that. And uh you, you you would go something like, mm, okay, so what are you thinking about? And then uh I'm not sure if I will do it, and then my, uh, my I have a discussion with my wife, and uh I just don't know what I should do. And then uh you know that uh I have a hero, uh Silphus, and then you you ask me a question. Why don't you ask this question uh to Deracilphus? And then I answer you. Uh I can already I can always imagine his response uh will go like something like this. Uh that, that's definitely a hell yeah, you should just do it. And then you just gave me an de- yeah. <laughs> awkward dead silence. And then, oh, uh, then moment I know I'm just bullshitting, uh, I fucked up <laughs> and you always do that to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so that's basically, I think that's the, uh, I have the realization that, uh, okay, I, I will have a kid. So, Thank you, my friend. <laughs> so I have a <laughs> daughter now. <laughs> so that's one thing. Oh, OK. So let's move on to the second uh, topic, career. You always inspire yeah. me because I. you are younger than me, but you are always one or two steps ahead of me in terms of capability and also career advancement. And uh, you change industry multiple times and then uh, when you have a close friend like this, uh, <laughs> when I'm asking myself, should I do this? or I do that? Okay, I should just do it. Then. So, and I, I should, I, I don't even have to talk to it, and then I just make some decision uh, on my career path. So, uh, basically, to me, you are a career expert, uh, because it, it's exemplified what you are doing, and you are just. Mm, Not just productivity, it's not something that can uh, exactly describe you. Can you talk more about your career? Uh, Yeah, anything about career?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, a lot of it stems in the early years um when i went through a lot of ramit sati's programs i think a lot mm-hmm. of what i do now and the principles that I apply still hold true through his G- dream job program but i haven't mm-hmm. been through the latest iteration i know he updated it um but a lot of what i do was kind of had the foundations in that i've kind of since developed my own different ways of, of doing things and the tactics but really the fundamental strategy and the approach um, is still very much ramit sati so i really have mm-hmm. kind of hint to thank for for all of that the mm-hmm. I mean, in terms of career changes, I mean, I, I guess I'll give people a, a little bit of an example of like how often I've changed, right? So I went into the TV production world, was there for about two years, 4 x to my income in that time, you know, went through multiple promotions. Um, 1K,
0: uh, earn 1K on the side, you take the program, right?
1: Yeah, and I t- I think, I can't remember which one I took first. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. I, yeah, I took Earn 1K at the same time, around mm-hmm. about the same time, though. Mm-hmm. Um then from there um i then became while well, i was tra- i was planning at that point to transition out of tv production and into already at that point wanted to get into career coaching that was something mm-hmm. that i was already kind of passionate about i had a lot of friends that were always asking me like how did you end up on these amazing jobs you had no experience how did you get to go to new york for victoria's secret fashion show how did you end up on the london olympics mm-hmm. you know all these things that you know feasibly didn't make sense for someone so young to be able to you know get positions at these At these roles, Um, Mm. and so that kind of started ticking uh, my mind a little bit. Of that, maybe is something I could do. But Mm. then I, you know, then I became a father, Um, Mm. and so that changed things a little bit. You know, I didn't have enough income coming in from career coaching, so I segued temporarily. You know, readjusted my priorities. Suddenly, I had somebody else to to care for um, and a family to raise. So I switched gears. I went to work um, for my father, who at the time ran an insurance business. He'd been asking me for
0: five six
1: years at that point to come and join him and i'd always said no because i just wasn't sure about how that would affect our relationship Mm. um but it worked out well i worked with him for four years i started at the bottom i was the lowest paid employee when i came in Mm. um you know and worked my way up to you know head of operations, coo in the first three years Mm. um and helped him exit you know at the end of the day i helped i helped helped retire my father which was a huge win Mm. um and then i was able to to move on from there Mm. insurance then into blockchain and it was a switch from, it was an industry change and a career change in terms of skill set. I had switched from insurance to blockchain and from operations to marketing. Ben, so that was yeah. a big shift. That's the, I think that was, the, that was a really big change. Mm. Um, and it took a little bit longer to kind of adjust. And the, in marketing, there's so many new skills mm. to learn, right? It's really kind of hard to, to specify when you're in a startup. And we had like six, seven different brands, different projects. So trying to manage all of that was, um, was pretty intense, but I learned a lot um and then eventually from there i then segued into wanting to get into sales um Mm. sales was something that i kind of first just as a skill set and then after kind of falling in love with the process and really understanding it and really just having a love of these kind of one-to-one conversations that's essentially what for me in my mind what sales is Mm. um i really drew you know was drawn to that and the lifestyle it could afford me and the freedom it could afford me so that was a segue into sales kind of running my own agency in between trying to figure out if that's what i wanted to do um, before deciding okay i'm just going to focus on sales and then i found a great role at uh, an e-commerce agency that's um based in the u.s out of alaska and um i've been there ever since it's been about a year um Mm. i don't see you know my career progression career track there looks really great so i don't you know i see myself there for for quite a while um Mm. and i just love the space that i'm in now i get to learn about e-commerce but i also get to you know, learn a lot about sales and human psychology. It's all the stuff that I'm super interested in now.
0: Oh man! So TV production, uh, um, brands, and then uh, insurance, uh, operations, uh, and then uh, blockchain marketing, and then now e-commerce, uh, sales. So yeah. you you are not just changing from uh. Functionality to functionality, but also from industry to industry, <laughs> and no. uh, it is not a brand line And do no. yeah. Uh, for this podcast, I, I I don't want I don't just want to catch up with you because uh it's also we have audiences. Okay. Yeah. In this journey, uh maybe as back to the beginner, back to the beginning of my, uh I still remember that when I first met you, the first thing I committed to myself before you is to start free things uh to change three simple habits in the first week. I don't remember what that is, maybe uh waking up at 5 a.m. or uh, mm, the second thing I, I don't remember, maybe don't picking my nose or whatever. Uh it's just some some few very simple things. Uh yeah. Can you share with uh, maybe beginner when they want to change career or they want to have a job that, that they have no power experience at all, any golden nugget you can serve?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest thing for me is one, you know, get some experience and mm. there's, you know, you don't need to get a job to get experience. Mm. Mm. I think the best way is to first learn the skills that you might need in that role. And you can find that out by trying to network with people that already have that role or even just a a basic google search right we'll give you some initial ideas right let's say you're you know if you're in product management and you want to get into um Mm. you want to get into coding right Mm. take some coding courses try to build an app even if you're just copying someone else's code just go through Mm. the process Mm. of what it's like to build an app do you enjoy it do you hate it it'll give you some indications of like okay let me test the waters and see if this is something cool that for me is a really kind of important first step is you know talk to people about it but also try to develop the skills and get some experience by building stuff right whether mm. it's in marketing or in product management you can always find ways to build things at you know fairly low cost Doesn't mm. It shouldn't cost you a lot of money it's more of a time investment mm. it'll allow you to figure out whether this is something you want to do long term or whether it's something that you know you you don't really think you're going to enjoy but the other added advantage is it starts to allow you to build a portfolio, mm-hmm. right? And that's the biggest thing. When you're making a career change,
0: mm-hmm.
1: when you put yourself in the hiring manager's shoes. The first thing that they're gonna think is, okay, this person sounds great. They've got, you know, they, they look like a top performer. They've got previous history of success in other fields. Mm-hmm. What are their skills that are transferable? So y- you can make that obvious to them by actually building a portfolio in whatever you wanna go into. So if you're going into, if you wanna get into coding, have a few websites that you mm. put up together, uh, basic applications, whatever you can do to put onto a portfolio. If you're going into mm. marketing, start a blog or a podcast, like do something where you can actually put your skills to the test. That's how I got a marketing role, was I launched yeah. a- What, what exactly have you done? Yeah, so yeah. With, with marketing, I did the summit, right? Mm. So that kind mm. of proved, I kind of put things together. And I also found ways at work in my existing yeah. job to mm. run some marketing projects. Mm-hmm. um you know so there's always ways to kind of kind of show that and even with sales i had had some previous experience in that i was also trying to sell myself as a uh as a kind of agency owner freelancer but mm-hmm. i also didn't start with like amazing offers or at amazing companies i had to start with kind of small businesses that had low ticket offers mm-hmm. um and just the more results that i got the easier it was for the next person to hire me and then the next person i probably ended up You know, I I made this segue into full-time sales probably about a year and a half ago. But the Uh first six months, I probably sold maybe four or five different offers for different companies. Because I kind of came and went sometimes, you know, with small businesses, like they do well for a bit. Then their leads dry up and you have no income. So you kind of just have to move really quickly. Um, But it then got to a point where I could get a a job at one of the best e-commerce agencies Mm -hmm. um, in the space. Because I then had the proven track record that I was there um mm. so it's you know it's start small mm. develop the skills develop a portfolio and then it makes it so much easier when you you know you then want to find the the role that's a, a fit for you mm. the caveat i'll add to that is you know depending mm. on your level of experience if you're a beginner mm. like if you're if you're early on in your career you can take more risk because you don't you don't need your living expenses if you're you know if you're not earning big bucks already it's yeah. really easy to segue across. It's Mm. a lot harder when you're already senior level and you want to make a big jump. It's probably gonna take you a little bit more time. Mm. But if you're patient enough, you can make that segue and not really affect your income um, and potentially Mm. even increase it. Right. So it's kind of it plays a different part in depending on where people are at in their career and and when they're looking to
0: make a change. Uh, When you're talking about all this, it sounds so intuitive to you. And I also wanna let the audience know you are a very, very tough guy. Uh, What? Why I want to emphasize that is uh, I I want you to tell them the difficulty of all the process. Uh, Say like how long does it take? uh, How difficult it is? Uh, Maybe you have to have a big pay cut to do something um, just to advance your skill level. Can you talk something like that? Yeah. Yeah, of
1: course. I mean the. I'm trying to think about, I mean, I think every time I've made a career, cha- almost every time I've made a career change, I've taken a big pay cut to to yeah. do it. Um, so when I, how big is t- that?
0: Any, yeah.
1: These, so from TV production to insurance, I probably, i trying, it was more than a 50% cut, maybe oh, even wow. like 70% cut. Oh, um, but I made that up pretty quickly because <laughs> I went, you know, I went from being pretty well paid job in London and then I moved to Hong Kong. Mm. Um, I came to Hong Kong on holiday actually and then ended up staying longer um, <laughs> or six years um and yeah, that was about a sixty seventy percent pay cut then from insurance to Blockchain.
0: It was a yeah, can you pause? Can you pause a little bit there? Uh, yeah, we we're, we're first met and then I I still remember that uh, our salary level is pretty much more or less the same, and then you just your salary just skyrocketed and then what? But you you have a salary decrease again? It's like you quadruple or triple your salary. And yeah, when I went into years. the insurance yeah.
1: space, it was five yeah. x in two and a half years. Yeah, I'm um,
0: freaking jealous. <laughs>
1: Because I, I basically almost every six months would negotiate some kind of increase in something, right? It wasn't always salary. Um, sometimes it was something else.
0: Um,
1: and the way to kind of think about that, because this ties into kind of the career change thing is that um, just because you're now in a role doesn't mean you shouldn't, you should stop hustling, right? You still need to be as hungry um, if you want to kind of keep growing your, your career. And the best way that I know how to do that is to find problems that you can solve that nobody else is solving um, and make it easy for whoever you're reporting into to say yes to solving that problem. The more you can solve problems for the person that's above you that you're reporting into, the faster your career will grow. You make their job easier. Don't bring problems to them without solutions and bring problems that aren't that important. You kind of need to have an understanding of at the macro level, where the the direction the company is, is taking in and what's important to that person because what you Mm -hmm. see is like a a big problem might just be a problem at your level and then Mm -hmm. kind of above that the leadership are like okay we know it's there but it's not really affecting the revenue and it's not taking us closer to our goal if we solve that so you kind of have to have that little bit of understanding and just focus on solving those problems you'll you'll move so much faster if you just come in and do your job you can do a great job you'll still get career advancements you can wait for your year end of year performance review but if you really focus on doing that plus solving problems that nobody else is solving mm. right now that can help the company move forward mm. um you can do performance reviews every six months and and really grow mm. a lot quicker in those first two years
0: is there an example that uh some people find it very uh unconventional uh that you have done but uh to you it is so conventional? the reason why i'm talking about that is uh, i wanna i want you to give some example that you have done to the audiences that uh because uh, as every so often when I'm doing something, I'm uh, I'm always put in my head, hey, what if I'm Julian? Because one way or the other, you have done so many things in your career journey, and then uh, it is you are doing the exact opposite of what the conventional people are doing. Is there an example you can share with our audience?
1: Um, I would say the biggest thing. I feel like this is becoming better knowledge, although I still see a lot of people doing this. But I think the, the, the biggest thing is that, you know, when people are looking for work, they just go to job boards uh, and they apply. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I think now more so than ever, because there are so many jobs now, right? Mm-hmm. You, you've you got, um, I don't know what it's like in Hong Kong, but like in the UK and the US, mm-hmm. there's such a demand, uh, there's such a supply and demand issue. There's a lot of jobs available. And most people, a lot of people are not wanting those jobs anymore um with COVID and the pandemic it's kind of shifted things a little bit more Mm. so a lot of the top jobs have so many more applications now Mm. but if you're waiting until by the time those the vacancies get on the job board Mm. um you've missed out on at least 50 percent of what's actually available in the job market Um, so the biggest thing that I see people not doing is just building relationships and networking within your industry or whichever industry you want to get into regardless of whether you're currently looking for a job people tend to you've got i find like people either don't network Mm. people network when they need something and then there are the people that (laughs) network all the time right and it's the people that network all the time that end up winning because when you network all the time there's no agenda you're just building relationships
0: mm-hmm.
1: there's no incentive behind you wanting to reach out to someone because you're just making connections trying to add value and then when you when it comes time to make an ask you've already got that relationship you've added capital relationship capital to that relationship so if you make an ask, hey you know i'm looking for a job in xyz sector and this thing do you know anybody it's not. It doesn't come off as networking sleaze because you've already mm. built a relationship with them over the last year, two years, six months, whatever it is, mm. um, and it becomes so much easier. But the ones that network only when they need a job, mm. it takes them a lot longer to find a job because mm. they have to put in the work to to network. Whereas I know, you know, I know, you know, myself, and I've trained a few people in this. Um, you know, if, if I need to get a job next week, I'm pretty confident I can get one.
0: Yes. In just a mm. week.
1: Like mm-hmm. I can, I can ask around. Especially in sales now, it's a lot more rapid than in marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, I can get, I can get on a new offer pretty quickly. Um, if I haven't put in the networking effort, that's just not possible. It's going to take you three, four, five, six months, especially if you're looking to make a career change versus just mm-hmm. another job in the same role. Um, and if you're starting from, you know, if you don't network, it could take you even longer because you're just at the whims of the market, hoping, you know, a hiring manager likes what they see in your cv so you stand out like it's mm. hard to stand out on paper mm. um, unless you've got all the markers right um so if you don't if you're not a yale or harvard graduate you don't have an mba and you don't have <laughs> you know a facebook and a google and an amazon on your cv like you need to be out there networking
0: got it uh, we might have 10 or 15 more minutes and uh, i i want to um... So you have come across uh, so many people. They just come to you for career advices, especially when you are in Hong Kong. Uh, because when people are talking to me about career advancement or career, how to change career, they, that kind of thing, I have a, uh, I have some knowledge, but I always do better uh, than to you. Uh, first, first thing I want to save my time I'm not is talk to the <laughs> expert. <laughs> and then uh, you've come across so many these type of people. And uh, uh, why don't they do the all the obvious thing that you just mentioned? Why don't they leverage? Why don't they build a long term relationship? What What are the obstacles that you have seen?
1: Um, <clears throat> so I think a lot of people don't do it initially because they. I guess like networking has a bit of a stigma around it. People see it as like something sleazy because they think it's like, oh, why would I, you know, who, or, or they have a, a, a kind of imposter syndrome of like, why would anybody talk to me? Why would mm. anyone want to uh, answer me? And I think that that's kind of the, the wrong mindset to approach it with. Mm. It's, you know, I, I always think like go into it. as like, what value can I add here? Mm. Um, and it's not always a case of like, oh, well, I, you know, I'm nobody. I have nothing to offer them. It's, and that's not true the the if you have no experience you've got nothing behind you you have just come out of school or, or whatever it is like the easiest way to add value is give people um you know positive feedback on the work that they've done an article mm. they wrote a book they wrote what did you like about that book be specific about it in your feedback no agenda like no you know that you don't try to get anything out of them just show them that you're a fan that's adding value yes. people love to hear that they've they've got fans um, especially when people have, you know, applied what they taught. Uh, you know, you, example, you t- you hear something from somebody's book, you applied it in your own life and you've got result, tangible results from it, share that with them. That's a huge way to add value to someone. Uh, you know, they're putting that work out there, not for the sake of it, like they're doing it to make an impact. And if it shows that you're, they're impacting your life in a positive way and you share that with them, that's an easy way to, to add value. But I think that that's probably the biggest thing that I see people doing is like, being afraid of networking because they're not sure if they can add value or how to add value. And mm-hmm. they think that it's a um, a sleazy way because they're coming at it from the intention of like, oh, I need to get a job or I need this. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. well, flip the script, forget about the job for a second and just focus mm-hmm. on them. You know, who can you, con- you know, maybe you can connect them with someone. Maybe there's someone in your network um, that would benefit from the two of them being connected together. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't always have to be a monetary exchange. You don't have to add value in a way that gives them Um, increase revenue in their business or adds you know some kind of Mm -hmm. um, tangible thing like it can just be just providing positive feedback um, that helps them you know understand that um, they had an impact on your life
0: okay maybe just uh, more on the mindset and then we can wrap up uh, this episode Uh, remember that what there was one time you talked to me. Uh, you said that uh, one of the core reasons why you love with me say this program so much is uh, every so often his program start with the mindset. You have to really internalize the mindset first. So I would like to talk about the mindset. But uh, on the flip side, uh, what uh, other than the obstacle you uh, you just uh, you just talked about? Uh, is there any other mental block, mental obstacle, people? Always have when they uh when they want to do whatever things in their career.
1: Yeah, I think there's a few different things. Mm. I think mm. there's uh, two that kind of immediately come to mind. Um, mm. One is people getting focused on one particular company or one particular role that they must have, and then uh-huh. just get singular focus mm. on that one. You know, Ramit Sethi calls it one itis, and it's mm. you know you mm. get one job that maybe you had an interview with and you're like oh this is the perfect job like i really want to get this and then you stop doing all the other things that you're supposed to be doing like mm-hmm. reaching out to companies networking with people building relationships you run you're, you're putting yourself at risk there because you're you know yes maybe it'll come through and that'll be a perfect job but in the meantime you're wasting all this time just thinking about that like there's nothing you once you've gone through the interview and you're kind of doing the things there you're wasting time by not kind of keeping going with the networking because you should never really stop networking. Even when you find the new role, Mm -hmm. you should keep doing, maybe you don't have to do it with the same intensity, Mm -hmm. but you should still try to meet somebody, connect with somebody like once a week. Like it's not hard to reach out to one person or maintain the relationship that you've already built like once a week, once a month, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, So I say that's one of the big ones. The second thing is to realize that when you are thinking about a career change, it's not the final change. It's not, it's not like you're deciding to do this for the rest of your life,
0: mm.
1: right? Um, you don't have to change as often as I have. I think it's, you know, for me, it's been every, between two to five years. Um, you don't have to change so often, but just know that, you know, you can go into the industry, go into the new job, mm. learn to, you know, and maybe you love it and you build like a 10 year career, but that doesn't mean you're going to be doing it for 40, 50, 60, 70 years, however long you want to be working for. Mm. Uh, there's always going to be opportunities to change. Um, The third thing that now kind of comes to mind, it kind of adds to that. And it's something I've been thinking about a lot, especially in the last kind of few months. um, It's being open and kind of receptive to change, right? You don't know the things that you don't know right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Things might come up tomorrow, next week, next month, next year that you couldn't possibly conceive of now. Mm -hmm. Um, Opportunities presenting themselves, different ways of doing things. And so being open to your plans changing the direction of your career, the direction of your life changing mm-hmm. um, is really important to have. You don't want to be so singularly focused and not receptive to stuff that are kind of being presented to you um, on a daily basis. So I think those are some things that I always keep in mind and being able to analyze those things when they come up, right? Don't treat it like a shiny new object <laughs> and like go full throttle on it. It's like try and take an analysis perspective of, okay, something's come up, I'm going to collect information on that, I'm going to analyze it, I'm going to strategize. And then at that point, does it make sense to execute or not? If it makes sense to execute, go for it. If it doesn't make sense to execute, then leave it alone and kind of keep on the same track that you're on. But just having some kind of mental models to apply to your decision making and getting yourself closer to what you want um, Mm. are some really big things. And the, the last thing I'll kind of touch on on that it's something I've been learning a lot from Nick Peterson. He's one of kind of my more recent mentors. Somebody that I, I've been following a lot recently, and he talks a lot about his stuff. Check out his YouTube uh, channel. Um, he's got a lot of stuff there, and he he shares a lot of stuff on Twitter too. Um, is really getting cl- you know, getting clarity on what you want,
0: mm.
1: Mm. and then building a path to get yourself closer to that. And the caveat with that is, you know, we're always chasing more, more money, more time, mm. more freedom whatever we're always looking for more and there's no point at which we understand when we get to that destination Mm. right it's uh, an example to it's like oh i need to have more money Mm. so that i can hire um a cleaner so i can spend more time with my kids Mm. right or if you're a business owner like i need to earn more money so i can hire an employee to do the work part of the work Mm. that i do so i can have more time with my kids but maybe what you need to do if if your goal yeah. is to spend more time with your kids maybe you just need to reduce your business a little bit so you're not yeah. doing so much reduce yeah. the client load so you can spend more time with your kids now yeah. rather than wait to but have all sure. problems later on same with your your job right if you're spending more time with your kids is more fun you get a job offer that's double the salary but you're yeah. going to be working 16 17 hours a day and you're going to be traveling a lot does it make sense to take that job or does it make sense to stay where you are, where you have freedom and flexibility? Yes, less money, but less money is fine if what you want is spending more time with your kids. Mm. If what you want is something else, then you need to kind of take your direction direction in that, in that you take your life in that direction. But it's really trying to understand what you want and having a decision-making process built around of if, what am I currently doing or what is, I'm currently assessing, get me closer to what I want, or does it take me away from it? Um, Mm. I think if you just kind of have that as a basic model and framework for um, assessing opportunities, understanding like which direction you want your life to go in, um, everyone would, you know, you'd have a lot more success in Mm. not making incorrect decisions towards what you say you want.
0: Oh man, I really appreciate it. Uh, For common fans now, you know why I'm directing you to Julian. So if you have any career, uh, (laughs) you want any creative, go to him, don't go to me. Uh, that's the conversation (laughs) i always have with him uh wherever i ask him (laughs) he he's answering me in the same way that he just did (laughs) so uh (laughs) to wrap up this episode is there anything else that i'm I'm not even a host of this this podcast because we are uh we've been fans to each other for a long time is there anything you want to say to the audience or is there anything you want to ask me
1: yeah um I'd say to the audience, I don't know if that, I mean, I would say, you know, that last point is probably the most important thing that I, I, I've i shared today. If you kind of want more clarity, um, on that kind of process and the mindset, check out Nick Peterson, uh, get his book yeah. bumpers. Um, bumpers. it's full of typos, ignore it. He wrote it in one afternoon. He had a kind of an epiphany and it's, um, it's so many people, you know, billionaires and millionaires all rave about it. Um, but, you know, these oh, are established wow. business owners that love it. Um, it's a great book, um, check out his, you know, he's got some great content on his website. He's naturally not, he's a marketer, but not a marketer. If that makes sense, like he doesn't post a lot of his stuff. He doesn't try to promote himself. Like he's very reserved. He only works with a few select people. If you want to deep dive into some of the things that I talked about around kind of building clarity, certainty, um, understanding how to get closer to what you want, um, hop into his world, learn a little bit more what he's doing. Um, I think his website is nickpeterson.com. Mm. um and follow him on twitter that's probably where he's most active mm. um he is very heavy in the crypto space now he kind of segued into that recently but he's a serial oh. um unsuccessful entrepreneur multiple seven eight nine figure businesses wow. um but a lot of what he teaches in crypto is basically what he's been teaching for 10 15 years um just applying it to the to the crypto space so i, I would say that that you know happy for you to reach out to me but i'm certainly not an expert there there are much better mentors out there than me um but if you want to reach out to me twitter is probably the best place um you know at jmbroto.com. um mm-hmm. and uh, not com at jmbroto um twitter tag on uh, the handle, uh, handle handle and um but yeah check out nick peterson i think that's the that's probably my been my Best mm. discovery in the last 12 months um, is mm. entering Nick Peterson's world and, and really kind of you know, diving into his YouTube content and all the things that he teaches.
0: Thank you very much. Uh, appreciate it. And then mm. let's call it uh, an episode. Mm. Thank you, my friend. Yeah, appreciate it. It's great fun. Uh, for the audiences, uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, until next time.